Welcome everyone to the Ken Hill Podcast. I'm Ken Hill. My goal with the podcast is to share the techniques and habits of what the best motorcycle riders in the world do to thrive and survive in a sport that has consequences. Using my 20 plus years of riding and training at the highest levels, I wanna make these techniques and habits accessible to every rider in the world. The podcast structure is deliberate. I don't have sponsors. The duration relative to many other podcasts is short making it simple to listen multiple times, and I only release a new podcast when I feel I have something to share. I'm not cranking out podcasts because my sponsors say I need to. You listeners are my sponsors, and I appreciate the donations, which can be made via the podcast page on my website, khcoaching.com. And now, here's today's episode. Welcome everyone to the Ken Hill Podcast. I'm Ken Hill, and this is podcast number 80. It was the second Freddie Spencer school that I attended where I finally got to do a two-up ride with Freddie. And there's a significant difference between the first time I went to the school and the second time that I went to the school. The first time I went to the school, I went uh, as, a, as more of a newer rider. I was overwhelmed. There was so much going on, and I was trying just to, to take everything in. And, and I very much know how many of my clients feel because it's like drinking out of a fire hose, and I'm constantly writing notes and, and doing all those things, completely overwhelmed. And I ended up skipping over the two-up ride with Freddie. Well, fast forward a couple of years, and my, my club racing was getting better, and I had Michelin Tire as a sponsor. And Michelin said at the end of the year is, is a nice little treat for me. Uh, they were going to send me back to the Freddie Spencer School. So I went. It was on the second day. And <laughs> Freddie giving two up rides was, was part of the deal. And I, I was, it wasn't that um, I was apprehensive it's just, it's like, ah, it's a two-up ride. You know, what am I, you know, what, what am I going to learn on that? And so, but, but of course, it's Freddie Spencer. And um, I, I wanted to do it. And this, this ended up being one of the, the, the biggest, um, one of the biggest changes in my riding, in my, in my trajectory, in my riding career uh, from that two-up ride. So I'm going to get on this bike and get on this two-up ride. And of course, as a male, uh, getting back on, uh, getting on the back of a motorcycle, you know, you, there's definitely some things that you have to give up. Obviously, you have to give up the control, and you certainly have to give up your ego. And if you can do that, and you have the right pilot, holy smokes, is it is it enlightening? So I wanted this to be, I wanted this to be enlightening because here I am getting on the back of a world champion's, um, you know, motorcycle, and I, I wanted to intake this, and it's just such a short amount of time you're on the back, so. As, as we took off, the first thing I noticed was how deliberate and, and smooth everything was. You know, comparing it to when I rode, I was in such a hurry to go fast. And I noticed just how slow and methodical Freddie let the clutch out and how his, his upshifts were and just how deliberate everything was. And then we started going around, and we were on the inside road course at Vegas, and we're on a VFR 800. And 
we started off and I thought, okay, well, we're not really going all that quick. And then after, as we got going after two or three corners, I noticed, holy crap, we're going incredibly fast, but it, it, it just didn't necessarily feel overwhelming. And the things that I felt the most were, again, how deliberate the initial brake pressure was, how much brake pressure he built on the side of the tire, how much throttle he could use on the side of the tire, but there was nothing abrupt about the ride. Everything had a purpose. Everything was deliberate and everything was smooth. It, it didn't mean we were going slow and it didn't mean that we didn't have force. It just meant everything was a controlled, deliberate action to go quick. So after, after that, we pulled in and I asked Freddie, I said, hey, if, you, if, you, you know, if we can later on, if you've got time, um, I'd like to do another two-up ride with you because it was so overwhelming to me. And it turned out we did not have time to do another ride that, that, that school. I ended up doing one um, at another school. But I, I remember thinking about that and I thought, you know what? That is how I want to ride. That is who I want to be. That is who I want to emulate. And that's what really started my, my pathway on, on doing the things that I'm doing. So for this podcast, this is something that um, putting, putting this podcast um, into words, it's been something that I've been working on and my team has been working on for a long time. My poor team, I'm sure they're sick of me just badgering them on, does this sound right or does this sound right or what do you guys think about this? And thankfully, I've got a great feedback team uh, for that. Feel references. We have all these other references, right? We have all these visual references, but what about feel references? And so are feel references a, a thing? Because, I mean, wouldn't it be great if, you know, a pro rider, wouldn't it be great if Freddie Spencer just tapped me on the shoulder and instantly said, hey, you got feel now? And it just, it obviously just doesn't work that way. And it is something that we are trying to replicate when we do two-up rides. And this is why the car training uh, that I do is so, so important, especially for, for you know, motorcycle racers. And I've, I've switched over to do a lot, of, a lot of my personal one-on-one training in a car. And here's why. We are sharing the same feel at the same time. And this is why I don't use rider-to-rider comms. Because, and I've tried them, but here I am trying to talk to somebody that is ahead of me or behind me. We're not in the same space, right? We're not in the same time but yet I'm trying to give them something in the same time. And of course, as we know, it takes between four tenths, four tenths to, to you know, eight tenths of a second for that to even register in their head. So this is why I don't use rider-to-rider comms. And instead, we'll work on a car or we can replicate things on a two-up ride because we are sharing the same, we're sharing the same feel at the same time. So... Yes, this is a crazy subject, but it's one that I'm completely embracing, and, and I, I want to make some sense out of it for you um, in this podcast. So while feel is totally subjective, and it has so, so many variables, right? I mean, it's experience and environment, personal risk. You know, we, we can't, we actually can't teach your, your actual internal feelings, but what we can teach is when 
you should feel certain things. This is a complete shortcut to, to understanding feel. So knowing when you sh- should feel something, that's what helps build um, a segment for that feeling. If you build a segment for that feeling, then suddenly you can give your brain time to solely focus on that segment. And then that's where you get a deeper understanding of that segment. And, and really that's how you end up breaking, breaking it down. So, all right. <clears throat> we're going to break, we're going to break this up into two categories and it, it, and you'll see how these end up reconciling here at the end. And that's soup. That's just one of the cool things about this is when you look at the complete picture of what a professional motorcycle racer does, they have to be able to separate what they're doing on the bike versus what the bike is doing. So we're going to separate the rider feel references versus the bike feel references. And again, it's so cool that once we understand this, they overlap and then we can get into reconciling the issues and find out if it's a bike problem or find out if it's a rider problem. So, Let's dive right into rider feel references. Um, all right, so rider feel references. There's a time when you should feel certain things. And I'm gonna start off with the first one, and this goes back to essentially what, what, the, what the order of the sport is, is what a good exit feels like. Because everything is gonna stem around that exit. And if you can remember back in some of my previous podcasts, we talk about how Freddie Spencer learned a new track, how I learn new tracks, how I get warmed up when we ride, is we start with our exits. Because that's, that's the point. We know what lasts longest is, is exits. And everything is a reference to getting a good exit. So we're going to start off with what a good exit feels like. Meaning we want to be able to be at the slowest part of the corner, have nice smooth initial throttle, build our throttle, and then accelerate and get to our exit apex with the throttle. Again, not necessarily being thrust out there with momentum, not adding or you know, not having to add lean angle, and those are some of the report cards that we look. So the first fuel reference we look at is what a good exit feels like and constant, concentrating on that. And the exit starts at positive acceleration and it ends at the exit apex. So we start, with, uh, we start with what a good exit feels like. Then we look at what, what a good slow point of the corner feels like. So a good slow point of the corner simply feels, and t- typically when you get it right, is it feels too slow. But when the slow point feels right, you've just released the brake or you've just finished deceleration. And if you didn't pick up the throttle, the bike would continue turning down into the apex. And then as you crack the throttle on, boom, you've got direction and now you can accelerate off. You're not running wide, so the bike's not, the, the bike's not running wide on you because the slow point's not precise enough, the brake pressure's not precise enough. It's not falling into the curb too quickly, so there's too much brake pressure or whatever the issue is. So knowing what a good slow point of the, the corner feels like, and you'll know it by how much neutral throttle you have and of course how the bike steers after that. Then we look at what brake force at turn-in feels like. What brake force at turn-in feels like. And this is such a great one because it, 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 there's more force available at turn-in than you think. 
And this is what helps guide the bike down to the slow point. This is what helps turn the bike into the corner. So once we, once we do our straight up and down braking, which we'll talk about in a second, we've got really good brake pressure, and then we have that good brake pressure, and then we turn in, and we want to capture that feeling of good brake force so we can have that slow point. Yeah, and then, and then we, go, we go right into what good brake pressure straight up and down feels like. So <clears throat> notice how I'm working these backwards because I want to be able to work this equation backwards because I want to know what a good exit feels like. I want to know what my slow point, precise slow point feels like. I want to be able to have good brake force at turn in, and I'm not going to get it if I just simply haul ass into the corner and try to rush in there, overwhelm my brain, not be precise on my where I want to apply the brakes, and have a Hail Mary getting in there. Instead, I'm gonna work this equation backwards. So what good brake pressure straight up and down feels like, and of course, we, we know that's gonna work with some of the motor controls, which we'll talk about in a second. And then one of the other fuel references, and this one may surprise you a little bit, what good core engagement feels like. And it's funny, I have to work with this on the car side just as much as I have to work on this on the bike side. And core engagement starts at turn in, and there's some great report cards of how our core is engaged and how much weight is on our um, arm or even on our hands. And you'd be surprised with this. So we, we definitely work on what good core engagement feels like. And that's going to start right at turn in. Then we're going to work on what good motor controls feels like. And there's a lot to this one, of course, right? Our first 5%, our last 5%, initial throttle, initial brake, turn-in rate, all those different things of what, what good motor controls feels like. So <clears throat> these, these are the things, um, these are the main fuel references that we look at. And when we start working with riders, these are the things that we focus on and we try to build. And of course, you know, you can think about that when we do a two-up ride or you think about that when we do car training. We're going to go through each one of these points so we can build that actual segment for the rider. So, I, and I want to go, I want to go back a little bit and I want to linger here a little bit on, on what I said, which is notice how I started with exits. And, you know, depending on what the conditions are for the day, um, what my goal is for the day, I'm going to start with those, with those exits, and then I'll bring the other references into play and continue looping them as my pace increases or conditions uh, change. <clears throat> so while I can't magically give you feel when you're riding, we can give you the timing of when to feel certain things. <clears throat> so while I can't magically give you the feel when riding, what we can give you is the timing of when you should feel certain things. All right, let's jump into bike feel references. And it's funny, uh, these do parallel a lot of the rider, uh, of the rider feel references. But there's some, there's some nuances for it for sure. Um, and it's funny because, you know, having worked with a lot of riders in, in, in um, a lot, whether it's a new rider or even, you know, riders that are in, in Grand Prix, what we'll hear a lot is, um, 
hey, my bike feels soft or um, my bike runs wide. Well, you know, that's like telling your doctor, you know, I don't feel good. Well, okay. <laughs> when don't you feel good? Where don't you feel good? And we need to even break that down so much further than you think. So here are the bike fuel references that, that we pay attention to. And if we, to, to kind of segue here a little bit, is on my website, if you go to, um, uh, there's actually a tab there for forms. I have some downloadable forms where you can take a look at these things and they're basically the same forms that I use when working with riders, whether it's a session form or the bike, the bike download form, they're both right there and they're available on the website as well. So bike fuel references. The first one we look at is initial fork movement. So when you go to the brakes, right, you roll out the throttle and you go to the brakes, how does the fork move initially? Is it something where you roll off the throttle and the fork automatically dives? Or you go to the brakes and the fork just, just dives too quickly, or maybe it doesn't move at all. Maybe you're like, oh my gosh, I can't even pull the brake lever and the thing won't even move. But the first thing we're, we're gonna take a look here is our initial fork movement. Then we're, we're gonna pay attention to the feel of the fork at the bottom of the stroke. And there's, there's so much to this because so much of your feel, and let's face it, the reason we're starting with this is because front end feel, front end grip, front end confidence is the number one thing that we end up having to deal with, right? Oh, I don't wanna lose the front end or I'm afraid to use the brakes. And this is why we start with that. So our initial fork movement, is it too fast? Is it too slow? How is our fork at the bottom of the stroke? And we really, we have a kind of a blanket statement for this and because riders have all sorts of different tendencies on what they like on um, forks. We have some riders are gonna want the fork all the way at the bottom and they're extremely hard braking and then they'll bring it back at turn in. There's other riders that I've seen actually add brake pressure at turn in to get the fork where they want it. But it's all having that feel and of course, once you have that feel, then you've got more confidence with it as well. The statement that we really use on this is, do you feel like you have more to pull against? Meaning, when you're at maximum braking, do you feel like if you added more brake pressure, the fork would actually collapse a little bit more and help the bike stop, help the bike turn? So that's one we really pay attention to. So the fork, initial fork movement, and then how the fork is at the bottom of the stroke. Then the other, the other, the next fuel reference that we look at or bike fuel references, how's the bike at turn in? So from straight up and down till if your knee's on the ground, that's the type of turn in. So straight up and down to your knees on the ground, how's the bike react there? So turn in is a big one. And even bigger here, how's turn in on the brake versus turn in, say, rolling off the throttle? Those are, we look at those two things specifically. Then we jump to mid corner. Mid corner, is, is broken down and we actually, depending on the track or depending on the conditions, we'll, we'll take this pretty deep. It starts with mid corner off the brake. So as you go to release the brake, how does the bike hold its trajectory there? And then mid corner, when you crack the throttle on, your initial throttle, what does the bike do there? And then we'll even break it down further into shorter radius corners versus longer radius corners and see what the bike does there. All right, I know a lot to this, huh? So the next one that we look at is exits. And exits, 
they, they're actually fairly simple, and we break them down into two different, two different aspects. One is the first 50 feet of acceleration, and then after 50 feet, meaning how's our side grip, our initial side grip versus our drive grip. And those are two fantastic references for you right there. And instead of saying, oh, the shock pumps, or the wheel spins, or I don't have any feel, or the bike runs wide, then we can start to break this down further of where, where it happens, and then again, reconciling it to some of these other things. Then we look at direction change. Direction change simply being how does the bike go from left to right, and we'll do that. We'll, uh, how's the direction change off throttle or under decel, whether it's brake or just rolling off the throttle, how's the bike change directions? And how does the bike change directions on throttle if it's a situation for that? Then we'll look at bump absorption. And this is, this is a separate one than looking at how the fork or the shock is on exits. We actually wanna know how the fork feels or the shock feels on bump absorption. Oh, does it feel soft? Does it feel stiff? Because if we have something there that let's say the fork, oh yeah, 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 the, the fork is really, really harsh. Um, and then we come back and we find out that our initial fork movement is also slow. Then we've got something that is reconciling with each other. So we look at bump absorption as well. And then we look at kind of um, a lot of the general electronics uh, of the bike. So <clears throat> initial throttle, engine braking, clutch, shifting, engine braking. And we go through each one of those um, and talk about those as well. Uh, and, and we do a separate one for brakes. How are the brakes? So how's initial braking? Do they fade? Do you feel like you've got more to pull against? And then the last one that we look at is tires. And with tires, generally, generally we look at two different things. Uh, side grip, um, and then on the rear, we look at side grip and drive grip. On the front, do you, do you like the carcass? How's the carcass on, um, on hard braking? Do you feel like, you maybe feel it deflect? Does it feel like it has a lot of pressure? Does it feel like it has low pressure? So there's quite a bit that goes along with, there, with that. Yes, that's a lot of stuff, and I get it. But if you're, if you're wondering, what should I be looking for? What should I be pinpointing? The, this is it. These are the things. And to be clear, this is something that has to be trained for. We just magically can't take a rider and um, ex expect them to know all of these things. So we spend time training riders to develop these references. We develop the feel references as a rider, as well as the bike references as well. And again, it makes your job so much easier because, okay, now you're coming into a corner and let's say you've got an, you're, you don't have a lot of confidence in the front end. Well, if, if you place your brain in a segment that's only focused on the entry of the corner, straight up and down braking, and you know what good straight up and down braking is, you know what you're comfortable with, and then you go, okay, oh wow, hey, the fork is doing this or the fork is doing that. It makes, it just absolutely shortcuts the amount of time it takes to download this instead of saying, well, I just don't have any confidence in my bike. And then you're back to the doctor saying, okay, well, you don't feel good. When don't you feel good? Where don't you feel good? And it makes it, it, makes it a lot easier. So these are things that have to be trained for. And whether you're doing a street ride 
Heck, you can do these on a parking lot drill um, on, a, on a little mini bike. They're very, very easy to do. And you just have to go through each one of these segments. So, yeah, having established these bike fuel references, it really does help shortcut and pinpoint setting your bike up or diagnosing whether it's even a rider issue. And the, the other cool thing about this is if you are, say you're not comfortable with the fork setting, fork doesn't feel good, now you have an established feeling and you have an established time, right? That's where the bike feel reference comes in. And if you make a change, you can understand whether that change made a difference or not. Could be better, it could be worse. So, how to reconcile them. I mentioned before that we have our download sheets. They're available on my, my, um, my website. Um, we looked at an example of this, right? We looked at the brakes. Um, we looked at the entry segment. Um, how does, you know, again, how does the fork move? Is it fast? Is it slow? Um, does the, does it feel wooden? Does it stop moving? Does it just, does it collapse so quickly that you're afraid to give it more breaks, right? There's all these things that you can, that you can take a look at and work on. And once we get that segment created, once again, it really does shortcut this process of doing it. And this is something that, and I want to go back and, and again, I want to make this point clear. This is something that you have to train for. This is not something that's natural. And this is something that if you can get one of the download sheets, you can work on these things. So whether it's at your track day or race weekend or whatever it is. The whole idea with this, the whole idea with this is now, instead of telling your doctor, yeah, I don't feel good. Well, now you can tell your doctor, hey, I don't feel good um, uh, at 4 p.m. every afternoon. Um, I get a headache. Uh, I'm tired. And even though I've eaten and slept properly, it's like, oh, okay. Now I actually got something to work with. And that is just, it's again, it's just so much easier to deal with. So wrapping up, I know this is a lot of information. There's so much here to unpack. And my goal with this isn't necessarily for you to perfect these things. Rather to let you know that there is methodology and a process available for you to improve and you know, be the writer that you, that you wanna be. And feel references, whether you're the writer or the, or the feel references on a bike, yeah, this has always been such a crazy topic. And it's one where, I mean, you've heard it, right? It's the, it's the art of this or the voodoo of that. And really, no, it's, it's actually not. And if, if, you, if you can understand the timing of these things, and then go practice and train for them, it's gonna make your life a lot easier. So, feel references. It's a big one. All right, there you go. Ken Hill Podcast 2021, all rights reserved.